Welcome to Destined to Disrupt, a movement, a mantra, a podcast. We are here to explore the stories of how creatives of color come to disrupt the world. I'm your host and resident storyteller, Felicia. I'm a designer, creative activist, business maven, your local homegirl, and most importantly, I'm a disruptor. On this week's episode, we have Ryan Williams, the storyteller. Ryan's dream has always been to direct and entertain, and she is now making that dream a reality. She went from wanting to be an actress, then a stylist, then becoming an actual makeup artist, to traveling and experiencing the world as a flight attendant. I mean, what a life. She actually wrote about it and produced a dramedy series all about her New York creative life and trying to find her way called Here We Go. Like most of us who pursue business, she wasn't really able to put her economics degree right away in the industry. It didn't really open up any doors in fashion and media, but it did land her a part-time job, which was all she needed was a foot in the door to get into the beauty industry. That part-time job turned into a full-time responsibility, but her eyes were soon opened by the barriers that she would face. Not only was she the only black woman on a team full of creatives, she realized that she was experiencing stagnation in an industry where she didn't feel valued or heard. Despite these challenges, her determination and lack of opportunity led her to bust her ass and work her way into managing upwards of 10 million of revenue and campaign productions for some of the world's leading brands like Refinery29, Glossier, Bumbas, and L'Oreal. Girlfriend has it going on, but she realized that these brands were using the same talent over and over again. And there were so many other individuals to be discovered. This led her to want to do more. In effort to change her narrative, she found it under her empire. Her goal is to tell untold stories, create world-changing content, and amplify diverse voices, all while strengthening community. She's been featured on Facebook Business and recognized as a inclusivity champ, dreamer doer, change maker, magnetic collaborator, of <laughs> many, many roles and hats. She currently resides in Brooklyn, the most beautiful borough of NYC, in her opinion. And when she's not working, which is rare, you can find her either traveling the world, basking in the sunlight, enjoying nature, or taking strolls around her beautiful Brooklyn neighborhood, dreaming of what brownstone with the garden in the back will be a part of her queendom. Be sure to stay tapped in to Destined to Disrupt. We drop weekly episodes about design, disruption, and diversity. Please continue to follow us and support us and our growth at Destined to Disrupt on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, streaming on all platforms. Welcome to the Disruptors. Welcome to Destined to Disrupt. Yes. I have a very special guest. Oh my goodness. Ryan Williams is here. And oh my goodness, just a bright light. I'm so grateful in advance. I know whatever comes out of this time is going to be magical because that's just what we do. And I think that... Let's check the vibe. What are you, are you drinking anything over there? Do you have, what's the vibe? Where are you? So I have my, oh girl, this is still hot. Yeah, I need to let this simmer, simmer. Sim, simmer. <laughs> okay, so I got my little jasmine tea. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I love jasmine. Mom, so mm-hmm. I need my tea and tea. this is the third 
refill of this one tea bag. Mm. Um, good company. They got some really good CBD tea that I highly, highly recommend. And they also came through in the clutch with yes. uh, with Spirit Week. They gave us like $10 and $20 discount codes for wow. Spirit Week. So wow. I shout out to Good Company. Okay, Good Company on the tea time with the Jasmine and the CBD. Good tea um, company. That's good. what it is. I love it. I, I'm also drinking tea and... This is a delight because this is one of my favorites. I get a London Fog. I went to this little coffee shop called, I think it's called Havana Cafe here in Cleveland, Ohio. The London Fog is basically lavender Mm -hmm. or bergamot, usually Mm -hmm. some type of like Earl Grey. And then it's milk. So I got like almond milk because I don't drink regular milk. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody should drink regular milk, but that's just my opinion. And then I have and maybe your grandmother. I don't know. <laughs> so steamed milk, honey and like lavender bergamot tea. That's a London fog. It's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Sounds very calming. It is. I guess it's exactly what I needed. I feel like that's actually like a good segue. Yes. The calming, the wellness. I mean, we have to tell the people who you are. And where you are. So where are you right now? First off, I'm Ryan, (laughs) founder of Under Her Empire. And I am beaming in from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn in the house. Hey, boy, boy, boy. What do they say? They say, uh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You live there. (laughs) But where are you from originally, Ryan? Where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so cold in the deep. That's the only song I know. I like that song, but like you know, it's it's so, like it's not that cold. <laughs> 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 but I'm from Detroit, mm-hmm. Michigan, and mm-hmm. you know, I went to college in Florida, Florida A and M. All right, shout out to Florida A and M, fam. Damn you. So let's talk about Under Her Empire and talk about what it is, what your intention is, and really just like what's your why with Under Her Empire. To give a little background about my experience in the workplace and, you know, my career. Give us a story. Give us a story. How do we maybe let's start with story. Let's start with how you arrived with us here today, like how you arrived to under her empire. Like where did this journey of disruption begin for you? So, you know, I have a lot of experience in production. I have a lot of experience in creative operations. I've worked for major media publications, digital media, major brands working on their creative operations team, mostly doing project management and production work for those brands and oftentimes being the liaison between our marketing teams, our brand teams and sales teams, being the liaison between that segment of the business and our creative segment of the business. So oftentimes they would have different partnerships, you know, companies that I worked with, they would have partnerships uh, with brands and our sales team would work, sell 
different projects through with those brands and then come to me, tell me what was sold in, you know, different multimedia projects. So Mm -hmm. video, photo, film, commercial, things of that nature. And I was responsible for managing the creative operations side to make sure everything was done to the client's satisfaction, done within the proper time constraints, and then done within budget. So I have a lot of years of experience managing upwards of $10 million of revenue in creative operations. Mm. And with that, I still did not feel empowered as a Black woman. Mm. I felt Mm. silenced. I felt like my voice was not being heard, but it was also, there was no interest in it being heard. I had a lot of ideas. I had, I was very like stifled. I didn't feel like I, I was moving. I wanted to be a creative director. I wanted to be more involved with the creative process. And I just was never given those opportunities. And at, at some point, I started feeling a little discouraged or just feeling like imposter syndrome. Like I'm not supposed to be here because, you know, you start believing all those things that you hear when you're working in those types of environments as the only person of color, definitely the only black person of color a lot of times. So from there, I just took it upon myself to to be like, okay, maybe this is a sign from God that these opportunities that I'm trying to create from within, I should be creating them from within. And Mm -hmm. like, taking all the experience that I've had and all the things that I've been able to recognize, understanding how different businesses and corporations, some of the best, the top businesses and corporations, that's a blessing that I was able to be in those rooms and be a part of those discussions, even if my voice wasn't heard. Because now I can take all of those learnings and lessons and do it for myself, but not just for myself, for others who felt like me. So one of the things that I really recognize is that as a person of color, my experience was not unique. A lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues who were of color felt the same way. They felt discouraged. They felt like they weren't empowered. So from there, they felt like their stories weren't being told. So from there, I was like, all right this is obviously an opportunity, right? So how can we disrupt and create all the things that we wish we had within these organizations for ourselves? And that's where Under Mm. Her Empire comes in. Mm. I love that. I love that. And just to be a witness um, on your journey, Ryan, has been Uh, Just listening to you talk now, just so much growth and so much just honesty. Like I I can resonate being as a person of color and these corporate structures, which are great. You're like, wow, I'm working for X company. And that feels really gratifying and good. But then you realize how small your influence and impact is. Mm -hmm. And not to say that you need that on day one, but you know, you have to have some type of channel to express yourself. And if those expressions aren't coming out, then they're staying within. And if they're not, (laughs) they're not sprouting, then how can they grow? You know, Mm -hmm. so 
I love this. I love your pivot has been so powerful. And I am also encouraged in my own creative journey to always figure out the exit strategy. Right. But Mm -hmm. before we exit, because that's sometimes when people tell me about jobs, you know, my first thought is, man, quit that job. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes we stay so we can be a witness to the change. Absolutely. So, so maybe dig just like a little bit deeper on like some of the things or maybe a particular experience you had while in the industry. And just to give the folks some context, Brian's done things in beauty creatively. I know fashion too, storytelling all through entertainment. So maybe give us a, a time where you experience being silenced. Wow. I think that it's hard to pinpoint one <laughs> one time because it's, it ends up being a, an accumulation. You know what I mean? Well, I guess that's what the microaggressions they say. Like, that's, yeah, it is like a lot of little like things yeah. that kind of aggregate over time. Yeah. And, you know, like you kind of just go with it. You roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things are said. And I think that that we have really perfected that shell, putting on that shell. Because me, I'm the type of person. <laughs> I'm getting into my, into being who I authentically am with no interruptions, right? And right. I think that that's, that comes with time and it comes with, there's a whole journey behind that. Because when I first started working, in corporate America and I first started working for these brands like the reason why I wanted to work for them was because they put out this message of a unity and supporting people of color it's almost like a facade and it's not necessarily to their fault it's just their intentions might be good but when it comes to laying a solid foundation, the foundation is rocky. So it ends up falling. You know what I mean? As the company grows, like you start recognizing those holes and those holes just get deeper and deeper because there is no accountability taking place within the organizations. And I can't pinpoint a specific time, but what I can say is that a lot of times I'd been used I would be used for talent and I would literally have people come to me and say, Hey, we need somebody of color for this shoot. Or we need, you know what I mean? Like we need a black face for the shoot. They didn't say black face, but you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. in my mind, that's all I hear because it's clear that like saying we need somebody of color and they're saying it with conviction. Like we want to make sure that we're representing everyone but then when it Why didn't comes you have to, to the actual, hire the model. Right. And also that's another thing. I'm glad you said hire because there were numerous experiences. I mean, almost I would say 99.9% of the time where when, you know, I was talent, I wasn't getting paid for it. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. So that's another thing. But then being that face, and ha- having the expectation put on me to represent everybody or somebody else to represent all of their whoever, whatever, whatever ethnicity they represent. 
mm-hmm. is just not enough because at the end of the day, the creative directors, the entire process mm-hmm. of putting this production together, if the only time you have somebody of color mm-hmm. being a part of it is when they're in front of the camera, at least in my case, I can't be my authentic self because y'all already have a whole different type of vibe and a whole different type of message that you're getting across that I don't necessarily relate to. But now I'm in front of the camera trying to make sure I can execute this vision that you have. And your vision is completely different from anything that I've ever experienced. So then Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here cold switching and you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things like that is microaggression. Like that is something that we have to deal with. And I think that it's so easy to expect a lot from your talent, Mm -hmm. but you know, what's even easier is holding yourself accountable to learn and to incorporate people in the process. So it doesn't fall flat when execution is, when it is time to present it to the world. Right. No, I think that's an awesome like gem because it's a gem. I think it's an awesome (laughs) gem because like I think of the instance of H&M, right? When Uh they had the little black boy dressed mm -hmm. as portrayed as a monkey. The thing is they had a shirt then they they had a shirt on him or something like that. Right. That right. said something about. And then the other one with the hair, with the little girl. I wasn't even thinking about the little boy, but the young girl that had her edges, like her edges weren't like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she just had like this ponytail that was like, it was just like, wait, who did the hair? <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what you're expressing and what we see is, had there been a person of color on the, that creative team, had there been a person of color on that executive team, they would have been able to have that ethnic insight to yeah. say, hey, typically African-American girls wear their hair this way, or this is not how an African-American person would typically style their hair. And so we've heard many of stories of like celebrities alike talking about how when they get on set, there's usually not somebody there that's capable of doing their hair or not mm-hmm. capable of, or they may not have the proper makeup match for that talent because okay. they don't typically do, they don't have a diverse set of talent okay. that they usually are prepped to do. So I I've think experienced it would, that. <laughs> yeah. If you want the diversity and you want the engagement and the consumerism, a diverse market, you have to make sure that model like trickles back up to the executive level and I think that is what makes you such a boss okay because you (laughs) did not say hey I'm gonna wait for somebody to give me this opportunity I'm just gonna go ahead and start my own empire so Let's get into that because I think there's so many things you're doing under your empire, which is under her empire, which her is Ryan. Okay. And I think it would be great to hear how those frustrations became the impotence for starting your own company. Absolutely. So yes, yes, and yes. I think what's so great about the 
phrase under her empire. There's just so many meanings to it, right? Obviously, as the founder and as like CEO, president, creative, op- one of my creative content officer. She's yes. a woman of many hats. I'm a woman. Of I'm a woman hats. of many hats. So yeah, when you hear under her empire, yeah, you could think Ryan, but what it really means is first is Black women ran, right? How impactful can we be as Black women? I just know so many of us who just do, including yourself. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> like just queens. So under her empire is us, but it's also represents every woman because at the end of the day, women, we just have a way of nurturing and we have that feminine energy, like that feminine energy comes through strong. If you look at what the world history and you look at how, I mean, ultimately what we've seen all our lives is white men running the show and like, look at where that has gotten us. Like a lot of destruction, a lot of war, a lot of ego, a lot of capitalism and Mm -hmm. really just people being in it for themselves. Right. Right. But under her empire, it's about women, women reigning supreme, but under our empire, everyone wins. We're building empires because we're all about nurturing and that feminine energy was very strong. So I think about that, but then I also think about with under her empire, I think about, nature and how there needs to be a preservation of nature, but also like we should really give thanks to God and to the creator. And nature is like our gift from God. How connected we are to nature is just, there's, there are so many ways in which we're connected. And I feel like it just goes over so many people's heads. Um, I always (laughs) say, I always say God is the best designer. Like, come on. The Come best on. designer, the, the, the best ultimate designer. creator, the ultimate creator. The ultimate creator. And so I think as creators, because we all are creators, whether we know it or not, but as creators, we should be honoring the ultimate creator. And when I think about under her empire, I think about mother nature being the ultimate empress. Wow, wow. <laughs> and so how do we honor this empire that we live in? And so that's why a lot of what you see with under her empire, you'll see a lot of gradients, but the gradients will be like gradients of like what you see in the ocean. So like blue waters or gradients of what you'll see in the sky so like a sunset or even a sunrise like Mm. have you ever looked at when's the last time you looked at a sunset and sunrise and just been like damn like that is beautiful you know what I mean it's a painting in the sky and even like with greens I'm looking at my plants my orchids right now and it's just like there are so much for us to really take in and appreciate. And so, and all of this is given to us by mother nature, but like, if we can honor that and honor it in what we create, then the world will be a better place and Mm. we'll all be nurtured and Mm. nourished. Mm. Yes. I was reading somewhere. I can't remember, but basically how the indigenous people of the land, instead of looking at the land as something that they own, It was something that they were more like a part of. Right. And so it was more of this ecosystem that exists 
And somehow, some way, the Western world came and had said, hey, this is my land and this is my land and this is mine. I own this, this whole that power, ego. that whole mm-hmm. ego. And I think in this past year, Mother Nature, the creator, has told us, has reminded us of who's really in charge. Okay. Yes. So Listen. I think now we're in a transitional space. I'm in transitional times. It's revolutionary times. I really feel like it's a whole renaissance that's happening. I'm so glad. Absolutely. In every, here, in, in every sense of the word. And so I'm so glad to, you know, be a part of that shift. And I love the analogy of nature as you talk about UHE, because I feel like you are the mother, like you are the mother, you are the container um, for these yes. creatives that you are here to serve. Mm-hmm. And it is, like again, just like watching a plant grows, just been pouring in. I just, I try to speak life into Ryan every week, <laughs> y'all, because Ryan speaks life into me and we are in flow together. What? We are kin. Sorry, I didn't even know that, but you know, Let we, are know. All, we are kindred <laughs> folk. Ryan is my cousin, okay? Our grandparents, our brother and sister. Yeah. So we did not know each other growing up at all. We didn't meet till like a few years ago or a couple of years ago. I don't even remember mm-hmm. at a reunion. But ever since then, we've just been connected and it's been just so beautiful to see someone that is also like, wow, like you have all these gifts within you too. So it's always just a beautiful reflection to hear what you're up to and what projects you're working on and what you're doing. So, okay, come on, Mother Earth. Come on. (laughs) Wow, what an episode. Can you believe me and Ryan go way back? Okay, all the way back, like ancestry back, like cousins. Okay, so amazing. I'm loving this conversation. Please continue to listen, subscribe, support, turn on your notifications. We are here for the creatives, the disruptors, the entrepreneurs, and we want to hear from you. So please drop us a review. Either you can drop us in our DM, let us know what you think, or if you feel so inclined, go ahead and leave us that review on Apple because you know that's what we need. Now to stay in tuned for next episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at destined to disrupt D E S T I N E D two the number two disrupt D I S R U P T. All right, y'all make sure you stay tuned to Ryan's episode and be sure to follow her and under her empire at underherempire.com. 